Hello, I'm Andrew Gentile. And I'm Ariana. And you're listening to Behind the Flicks. This show is all about me sharing as many facts as I know about filmmaking and directors and behind-the-scenes info about movies and whatnot to Ariana. And you'll join us for the ride. Today, Ariana and I are joined by two special guests, two outstanding filmmakers. A1, Garrett McDade. How's it going? And one, Max Hurley. Hi, um, I'm a little offended you introduced Garrett before me, but you know, that's all right. My pride isn't completely shattered. Well, I deserve it. Great to be it, here. So. Well, it's open for interpretation. Don't, don't believe in the whole best for last concept, Max? I, I don't actually, as a matter of fact, but maybe I'll start looking into it. And well, actually, I would say that I, I kind of put you in forward because Max, this is one of your, this film we're covering today. Is one of your favorites. I'm gonna have well, you talk. I'm gonna have you talk about why that's the case. Um. Okay. But first, Ariana, can we have a review of this episode's film? Um. You know, I was actually gonna ask if anyone would take the reins on the review for this episode because honestly, even after watching it, I don't know if it was because it was subtitled or if it was just an older film, but I had a real difficult time following the story up until like the very end <laughs> so does anybody else want to kind of like give us a nutshell uh idea of what was going on in this film well max so is this your favorite movie okay, okay. Wrong no. <laughs> no, no, no. i'm sorry andrew I, you put those words in, i i don't remember saying that yes you um, did you said it's one of your favorite visually looking movies yes visually looking films but yes. favorite film you said it's a, one of your favorite films you said That's it's what you told a, me privately well you know that was completely off the record andrew i can't believe you're divulging <laughs> this information but i guess i'll forgive you um oh man yeah I, I can try to take, I'm going to be honest, you know, so I, I, let me just tell you my brief history of this film. Um, I think Andrew, I told you that when you were writing an, an essay about me, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, okay. Okay. Sorry. Let me pause you right there. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, meaning anybody other than Max and I, um, the only two in, uh, in my <laughs> film school, we were uh, told, told to uh, write an essay on uh, a cinematographer. And I, I said, oh, I know a cinematographer who I can interview, Max Hurley. So I wrote an essay about him. So anyway, continue, Max. Um, so, so when I told you that, it had probably been like maybe seven years since I had seen The Conformist. Um, and so I had these, these images of it in my head and they're very beautiful images. and. Much of that beauty, you know, I, I I saw when I watched it again for the second time. But, you know, it's it definitely I think left me with a different impression. And and so, I mean, I I can sort of lead the discussion on this, but, you know, I I'm really I don't know how much I'm going to be able to contribute um, in terms of the whole story, in terms of the visuals. I can be like, yeah, it's beautiful. So maybe Garrett, you know, I'm sure you probably. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you probably have a lot to say about this film. And so, it, I, you know, if you wanted to lead it, that or just even start things off, you know, that'd be, that'd be great. Just a little yeah. bit. Tell us what you thought. Um, you know. I'm sorry. The, you know, it might have been the subtitles or something. But, uh, 
didn't <laughs> really catch. Am I not the only one? <laughs> you know, uh, oh. I did. I did. You know, you know, we have some Danza students here. We 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 were we watched a lot of you know old classic movies in those classes, and I would say this is, uh, you know, sometimes at Danza I would I would maybe you know go out and uh, get a sandwich from the cafeteria in the middle of the movie, or I I just straight up fall asleep. Yeah, it's, it's a very comfortable theater over there. I think I would probably fall asleep within the first 20 minutes of watching this one. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that's a... Wow. I, I, you know, as much as I'd like to conform uh, with the consent, <laughs> this, this is not my favorite movie. Uh, in fact, it is one of uh, my least uh, enjoyable watching experiences I've Whoa. had. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, nothing to the great uh, filmmakers of Italy, but, you know, I'm just surprised that, uh, uh, you know, that they could make a movie uh, just so uh, unappealing to the <laughs> the audiences in 2022. And, oh, um, dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so do you want me to give a, a review or like a synopsis? Uh, well, Ariana had one job. Uh, yeah give us a little synopsis like what what it's about in a nutshell okay um i think i've already forgotten some of the names uh oh jeez. but the main character you know he's a he's a uh, he's an agent for the italian <laughs> government uh he's sort of a secret agent a spy and a, a man of espionage uh if you will uh, he he gets uh, put on a job, basically, uh, where he has to uh, assassinate a, uh, a professor who lives in uh, Paris. Um, you know, he's sort of a, a, a French dissident of, you know, the fascist regimes of the times. You're getting uh, it right. You're getting it right. And um, so he finds that, you know, he kind of likes uh, the company of this professor and his wife, and he just can't find the courage uh, to assassinate. Uh, this is probably a spoiler, actually. That's pretty late into the movie. Oh, yeah, but... spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, I'm pretty sure our whole podcast is a spoiler for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, well, that's basically what happens. Uh, you know, the subtitles were kind of, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Max, wanna, do you want to finish? Yeah, I wanna, I'll, I'll I, give a synopsis. I mean, I, well, you already gave an extremely incredible synopsis i must say you know you covered <laughs> no he did really the, well he did he yeah. did a great job uh, so there's thank nothing you. much to say i you know i guess do you sure are we just going to talk about like our opinions or do you want me to talk no. about like Go a synopsis? Ahead. uh whole thing okay. both oh whole thing both okay um <laughs> you know i i i think you know despite what you said garrett like you could like I'm sure you appreciated some of the cinematography, right? Like oh yes, you know, it was nice to look at. It was nice to look at, yeah. But to truly imbibe, if you will, it's it's a lot to take in, and I think you have to, like, one, you kind of have to know a little bit about the time and the place, essentially, and what's going on, and all the political factors, you know, in in 1930s Italy and and France, you know, just Europe. And so if you if you're not like super in tune with that, it can be, I think, really kind of difficult to fully grasp what's going on. So um, but I, I don't know. I, I did think the characters were compelling. Um, 
kind of. I, I don't know. <laughs> I for one, I one thing that stood out to me was just how was just how horny this movie was. Like, oh man, a very horny film, and oftentimes inappropriate, inappropriately so. Like, it's it's a, a little, lot of sauce in the spaghetti. This is might be a little random, but I need confirmation from you guys that watch the movie. In more towards the beginning when they get rid of the drug dealer that's like hooking up with the mom and he gets in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Is he like reaching in his pants for the moment that he's back there? Because he you see him open the door and all you see is like his hand and like gray something like this. But he's only back there for like two seconds, and I was right. like, "Is that really happening?" Yeah, I didn't catch sense that. In the, in the... Yeah, but it would. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't I catch that either. That. Uh, I got re- I got rewatching. You know that next time you rewind. watch it, it's yeah, such yeah. a thriller. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you gotta let yeah. me know because I was really <laughs> shocked. That was when I realized how. I mean, it was a little central right in the beginning when he was partnering up with his lady, but. I don't know. I'm like, I don't. Maybe they're just really in love, and they're showcasing that. <laughs> and then that happened. I go, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> what am I in for? <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's it's very uh, promiscuous, and um, it it really does cover some like pretty heavy topics, you know. Um, and like one scene that kind of stood out to me, and not in a great way, was when essentially his wife Julia um, was like telling him about like the first time she had sex and it was her her uncle basically raped her essentially and you know that's like he took his that that as a cue to like make a move or whatever and it was just and then of course the music is swelling too and the lighting is beautiful and it's like this is this is kind of this is horrific i'm sorry it's it's i don't want to it's i don't know andrew i i want to hear what you have to say andrew to be honest let's uh, go yeah <laughs> oh no it's andrew's time <laughs> okay well first of all uh i have a confession to make which is um so i'm currently not at a place uh like like physically where i can like watch movies on like a big screen so i had to watch this movie on my laptop um <laughs> So I, I confess to the movie gods that uh, I did n- I did not have a big screen or like surround sound for this or what have you. All right, but honestly, but honestly, Andrew, what do you think? I I would give it a B plus. Oh. I'd give this movie a B plus. You know, um, I thought it was very beautiful. I thought it was very innovative for its time. Um, yeah. I uh, yeah, I did not morally approve of that uh, the uh, scene where. Uh, where the you know the story of of the uncle right. uh mm-hmm. raping the uh uh julia but i i i thought for the time uh that uh the uh dealing with abuse in that way of like gia re- really leaves long-lasting effects on people and it's really psychologically scarring uh, i thought that was kind of brave for the time hmm and yeah, so I think, sure. I think it needed to be given at least credit for that, if not everything. Yeah, I guess my my potential thing with that is that I think the scene kind of presents it in a very kind of dramatic and, and almost positive. Oh, I wasn't talking about positive that. Light. I wasn't talking about that scene. Oh, which that, scene were you that, talking that about? Scene I, that scene I don't uh, agree with. Okay, okay. Um, the scene I was talking about was when like uh, the, the uh, 
the uh, conformist, the t- titular character, as a child. Of course. <laughs> The uh, is a yeah. child is a child, and he's like abducted by like the uh, no, chauffeur. yeah. I thought yeah. I thought that was brave to like bring and to like uh, put that to, on film to put that on yeah. film and like deal yeah. with it in a frank way and mm, say, that's hey, true. hey, no, he, sure. this is bad, you know, right? But then, yeah. but then again, it has a total double standard, so I can see that too. I totally. Oh my understand gosh, that. you know, yeah. I didn't realize the double standard until just now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did like. Um, I mean, as a, you know, person, you know, in the future in terms of when this film was made can kind of appreciate the learning experience for me of like how normal it was for the 30s for a woman to be approached by her 60 year old lawyer uncle and say he insisted. So how could I say no? Yeah. And to have that difference, just be aware of how far we've come is nice. The way I took that scene was like they he had also had a traumatic uh, experience with sort of sexual abuse in his childhood. And he was like, oh, OK, I guess I guess we're really bonding now over this uh, of these traumatic experiences. I mean, it came out in a period when they were trying to push when, when uh, the sexual revolution was happening in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So all this was new, new ground. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, outside of the sexual references. <laughs> yeah, outside of that, it's a beautiful looking uh, movie. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. But uh, no, I, 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 Max, I genuinely thought you said that this is like, I, like an inspiration for your cinematography, at least. Yes. I, well, that I makes did sense. say that. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, okay. Maybe, I, maybe I, that's why I meant. Yeah. I, it's definitely not one of my my more favorite films. I mean, I, I do appreciate, I think the message overall that it's, it's trying to, it's not pro fascist, you know, it's, right. it's very much an, an anti-fascist film. And so I, I respect it Antifa. for sure. And, and that, yeah, Antifa, you know, I can't believe it. Biden's America, you know, um, but it's, uh, <laughs> by the yeah, way, by the way, good. for the audio listeners, they're being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I'm, dead serious yeah <laughs> all righty yeah I, I i did like it overall i mean if i had to give it a grade i'd probably give it maybe like a, a b minus you know because i mean I, I do think the visuals are just really very strong and sort of like you were saying andrew it's it does feel like it's like pretty kind of um there, there are a lot of aspects of it that feel kind of contemporary and especially in, in terms of the cinematography and so i I do kind of respect it from that technical level. It's it's a gorgeous film. So, um, but I can see how it would be hard. The story can be a little. Sometimes it's not terribly compelling. So I, you really do have to kind of be into what's going on um, to to fully enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah. What was your favorite part of the story, Max? My favorite part of the story. Wow. Well, you know, it's just the story. So nuanced. It is very nuanced. I don't know. I I do kind of like the idea of of showing this character who just desperately wants to to conform to the society in which he lives. But, you know, unfortunately, in in his eyes, in order to do that, you know, he'd have to to commit this sort of atrocity. And in the end, you know, it's he can't he can't do it, which is good. But I don't know. He's just. And this character, I don't know. I think this character is really interesting, although I don't, I, to be honest, I don't really understand him a lot of the time. Um, 
I just, he's, it's really interesting. So in terms of the story, I don't know. I liked it all, you know, every 100, but no, that's not true, but um, I don't know. Was yeah, he trying Andrew, to conform yeah. uh, the whole yeah. time? I mean, like, I mean, yeah, he was like seeking some like sense of, you know, like the, the image of normalcy. Uh, like, but, you know, in the beginning, he kind of sets up his, his, uh, you know, uh, sort of views <clears throat> on conforming where he says, like, you know, where he brings up that, that line about Hitler, where it's like, oh, there's this dude at the bar and he was getting all this attention. Like he was, he was really wacky and zany. And like, that was Hitler. And, you know, I, I, I the way I processed that was like in that time, you know, Hitler would sort of be, uh, uh looked upon positively in that sort of fascist group you know he was talking to his uh his his buddy you know who worked for the you know in the same agency so um i don't know uh, andrew you go ahead sorry <laughs> <laughs> i i no 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 no. this is fantastic this is great stuff keep going no that was it no. Ariana, yeah, that's, that's Ariana, it. you got it you got jump in here <laughs> reflection on the film i just yeah. uh Oh, man. I just felt like there was so many different stories going on, and I had a hard time following why he fit into all of them. Mm. Like, the whole story with the, the prostitute that maybe was this, like, woman's sister or something. Oh, yeah, that was... Why does he know the wife? I Maybe I missed that, like, chunk of information. Um, because they obviously know each other because, it, I mean... The second they're in the same room together, they talk very frankly and instantly start kissing. So I didn't think that that was just like a seduction thing. Um, so I'm wondering where the heck that came from. And then the his whole relationship with the professor was like... Uh, it's like he obviously... They obviously had a bond beforehand. And so for the government to ask him to kill him was probably some form of like, hey, prove to us you're with us. Um... And he just kind of goes along with it for so long, even though, like, by the time he starts getting, like, paired up with the other agent that is obviously very pro-fascist and watching him, he that's when he really starts to fall apart. Like, he's kind of pretending to be normal to his society so he doesn't have to leave home or something the whole time. Um, but I just I, I had a hard time following, like why are we telling this guy's story? Is it the idea that you can be a part of the country and not be totally supportive, but still be acting supportive? Um, why is he such a womanizer? <laughs> is it, you know, well, is I just, it, I, th I was probably that, that one is probably like his, his want, like he wants to try and overcompensate for his past, you know, that yeah. sort of past. And so, I think that's it. That explains it. But honestly, yeah, like I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it can be a lot sometimes. Cinematography, though, it was really pretty. <laughs> the yeah. whole, my favorite cinematography scene was probably his um, reconnection with the professor in his study. Yeah. When he yes. closes the blinds. And then when they reopen them, the way his shadow fades out was like really, really. I mean, it fits cool. and it fits perfectly in with what they're talking about and everything. It's yeah, oh, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, despite um, like how convoluted the story kind of felt a lot of the time, the way the cinematography was set up and even the script at times, like it helped tell the story without telling the story, 
which was nice. Well put. Okay. So what grade <laughs> would you give it, Ariana? Like a C. No plus or minus, just Wow. Okay. Is that the lowest grade for you on, on all of these movies? I forget. Or is there another one? I, I think Snow White you gave Snow White and the Seven Dwarves you gave a C plus. Oh, okay, so C, that's Whoa. better. So that means this is this Damn, is the lowest. The worst. <laughs> this is a very controversial episode. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Bertolucci is rolling rolling in his grave. <laughs> uh Garrett, what uh, grade would you give it? Uh I'd give it a a B minus for I'll be minusing this movie from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Incredible. Yeah. He'll be here all week. Yeah. <laughs> probably like, uh, I'd probably give it like uh, D, maybe. Honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, at this point in time, like, I just have, honestly, I'm, I'm even tired right now. It just after watching it, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's. Damn. It's putting me to sleep. Uh, after this podcast, I will take a twelve-hour nap to recover from that from, the, from that movie. It's not even a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the cinematography was great, though. I will say that. Uh, lots of That's wide like shots. Yeah. Every mm. there were very few shots that were you know sort of static. Uh, you know, usually be like circling yeah. around a character, and it, did, right. it didn't feel like. Uh, uh, motivated, you know, the characters mm. blocking mm. didn't feel motivated by the camera, more felt like the camera was being motivated by the, the blocking, and so that's always a good sign. Uh, it's I liked how uh, the director would always sort of play with lights, you know, there are always light shining through, like either like repeating patterns like pillars and, uh, mm. you know, windows and stuff. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it, it wouldn't really make sense why the light would be like dancing a lot. Oh yeah, exactly. Where the light in the window. So it's just like moving like this. Yeah. Like know? what? Like why the it... fuck is doing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. The, the yeah. freaking gaffer went wild on this one. They did. Yeah. They really went out. You know? Yeah. Good for them. A gaffer yeah. for those of you who are not in the film industry, Google it. Um, nice. Adam. I'll give it. I'll give it a <laughs> cinematography and a directing yeah. like a B plus, writing and overall score like a C. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Max, uh, did you already say what grade you were gonna give it? I did. Yeah, B-? I gave it like a B minus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta give this one a B plus for me. No, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it. Was, the editing was fantastic. I thought. Uh, I, I, I was like confused at first and I was like, but I was also like hooked by the cinematography. So I was like, okay, I'm in, you know, <laughs> so that, and I think that's a sign of a pr- pretty good film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I liked it the most out of everybody. Yeah. Here, <laughs> so there's fine. nothing wrong with that. That's no. fine. But uh, this was all inspired by one uh, Max Hurley. Okay, should we get some I'm facts? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm so ready for some facts. I need some yes. facts on this. Love to hear some facts. In his late 20s, filmmaker Bernardo Bertolucci, who had, at that point, co-written Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West and directed a few films of his own, decided to adapt an Italian novel by Alberto Moravia to the big screen. Bertolucci would go on to say that, before his adaptation... Films were influenced directly from life. Meanwhile, his film was a cross between life and cinema. That adaptation was 1970's The Conformist. 
Bertolucci was told the story of the conformist by a woman he was living with. He was so taken with the story, he was told that he pitched his adaptation to a studio executive without having read the novel beforehand. So that's just called diving right in, you know. Yeah. That's, that's confidence right there. It took Bertolucci one month to adapt Moravia's novel into a script, which was then approved by the Italian branch of Paramount Pictures. Wow. And to adapt a novel in a month and have it be like approved <laughs> wow so he never read the novel before actually well he, it. he he did after he pitched it after he pitched it yeah damn that must have been awkward he probably opened the book for the first time and it's like like oh my uncle touched me this way and he's like flipping through the pages like fuck this is this is a huge mistake <laughs> this is a huge i'm gonna have to direct Massive this now everybody's mistake. gonna see it people in 2022 are not gonna like this this is not oh a woke God. film <laughs> that's not exactly. a woke film no um it's not woke but i mean it's it's a it's a historically important film so yeah no yeah recovering. It's, it's very well made yeah yeah, yeah it's great the conformist cinematographer was vittorio storaro when Storaro and Bertolucci discussed what the conformist should look like, Storaro told his director that they should use light and shadow to create, quote, a cage, unquote, around the titular character, meaning the sharp contrast between light and shadow would, in effect, not allow for any nuance in the images on screen. Then, as the film follows the main character's internal change, the shadow and light begin to merge. So it kind of, like, shows how, like, lighting and cinematography can, like, create a subliminal message. Wow, Max. Yeah. You, you know, I was that? I had all of that in my head. I was totally thinking that. You know, <laughs> I was watching it. Um, so, you know, I'm really glad that you said it because that I couldn't put into better words myself. <laughs> uh, Gary, you're uh, you're quite the cinematographer too. What do you think about the <laughs> cinematography of the film? Yeah, uh, man, more. I just you know, you know, something about the subtitles, man. It's just like really heavy. Uh, uh, you know, you know what's funny actually. This is one. a little off, off, uh, off. You know, this is what we're talking about. But the freaking sub, not the subtitles. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned this is directed by uh, Sergio Leone. Uh, no, no, it's, because... it's not. It's not. But Bernardo Bertolucci. Oh, oh, whoops. Okay, okay. Uh, Gary, did you seriously think this film was directed by Sergio Leone? You know, actually, when he said that, I was very disappointed. Uh, <laughs> you know, at least when I heard that. But it's funny that everything was like uh, overdubbed uh, because, you know, that's exactly what they do in like a Western or something. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of funny watching that. Like, did people, was it, were, were there like other language speaking well, people on set? It wasn't the, the, so the, the lead character, he's, he's French. And I thought I read somewhere, Andrew, I don't know if this will spoil one of your facts. I hope not. But it doesn't, he just, didn't he not speak Italian? And did he, did they have to, I think because his lines are dubbed for sure. Um, I did, like, I actually yeah. didn't know this. I, Me neither. No, what is, what is this? I, again, this, this might be hearsay. I'm not, don't, you know, this could be wrong, but I, so the, the lead actor is French. Um, and I thought I remember reading, I think some IMDb trivia, like when I first watched the movie, like eight years ago, um, like, and I'm like fairly certain it said that the, the actor is French and so he, he couldn't speak Italian but for whatever reason Bernardo Bertolucci was like this is my guy and he just they, he dubbed all his lines essentially oh really I uh -huh. didn't know that 
Yeah. Um, okay. Again, this could be complete bullshit. Um, I, I don't know. I just thought I, I remember reading that somewhere. So. Well, it's going into the podcast. Um, oh, Jesus. Way. I'm sorry for completely changing the topic, by the way. Uh, no, you're fine. I don't forgive you. Storaro took inspiration from the classical paintings of Car- Caravaggio, particularly the painter's use of light and darkness in his images to create a metaphor for the main character of the film. To Storaro, the light represented what the conformist wants to show on his conscious side, while the darkness represented the unconscious side of the character. Bernardo worked with Franco Arcali on the editing of the film. During production, Bertolucci set up long takes, a long take uh, being a single shot that plays for an extended period of time. Then in the editing room, Arcali cut into those long takes and integrated snippets of other scenes into that shot. Bertolucci credits Arcali was showing him that the editing process is, quote, extraordinary, unquote, and with helping to create the flashback structure of the film. So, you know, working I do with admit the flashbacks it. are very smooth. Yeah. The way that they edited it was very, very good. It was almost like, is this a flashback? And then when it, the second it clips back, it clicks in like what you were watching. So I thought that was a nice touch as well. When the film was finished, Bertolucci was able to get not only the conformists into the New York Film Festival, but another film he made that same year called The Spider Stratagem. So he had two films in the same festival. Really? In the New York Wait, Film what's Festival. The, the Spider Stratagem? You got it. Do you know what that one's about? Oh, I have. That's way cooler. <laughs> it does sound, that sounds pretty intense, honestly. Damn. Uh, righty. Um, although The Conformist was a rousing success at the festival, and the film's distributor acknowledged that success, they still refused to run the film in America. Then that makes af- sense. Then, after a number of directors, Sidney Lumet and Francis Ford Coppola among them, signed a letter asking for the release of the film in America, it was granted a small theatrical run. Uh, however, the distributor asked Bertolucci to cut five minutes from The Conformist so that the film would run exactly two hours. The scene that Bertolucci cut was the one in which the main character visits his blind friends, you know, the one at the party. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that scene was put back in for home video releases. Thank goodness. That's a pretty good scene right there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a we metaphor. We didn't have that scene. <laughs> was wow. Was versions an hour and 52 minutes? Yeah. My, mine was two hours and five minutes. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? Oh my God! Uncut. Where you, what? You know, maybe Andrew, if we saw your cut, we would give higher, you know, scores and <laughs> grades. True. I, think. I, I, I thought it was. I mean, the the one on Canopy, right? I actually went to YouTube and just. I, I went to YouTube. Yeah. So oh, you did. Yeah, it was ninety nine cents. It's you available know, it's for free on Canopy if you have a library card. I don't have a library card. You don't have a library <laughs> card. You guys, libraries are the ba- uh, the bomb. <laughs> the bomb. Yo. Uh, oh, yeah. mm. All right. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that, was cr- that was cringe. Is that what you're saying? That was cringe a little bit? Everybody's cringing oh. right now. All right. That's true. Uh, Vittorio Storaro will go on to photograph such films as Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now and Warren Beatty's Reds before mm-hmm. reteaming with Bertolucci for The Last Emperor. And he also, yeah, yeah, my God, he's done just a ton of stuff. Honestly, he's just, yeah, yeah, he's incredible. He's really, he's really been around the block, you know. 
Um, Storaro, you mean? Yeah, Storaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. I mean, Andrew, let me ask you this: Do you have like a favorite film of his that he shot? Storaro. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't have all his films memorized. Uh, the cinematographers. So, like, you know, like, all right, I, I, I might have like to choose, Apocalypse Now. I might have maybe. to choose Reds. Mm, Reds, okay. That's that's a fantastic film right there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's big, which I love. So you know. Big. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite film that he's uh, photographed? I, you know. I probably would honestly maybe say The Last Emperor. I, I do think it's a very gorgeous film, although okay. it kind of okay, has so, some so things if, that I don't like about it. If we review that film, I can actually say it's one of your favorite films. <laughs> no, you can't say it's one of my favorite films. Oh, uh, come okay. on. Come on now. You just said that. <laughs> I said in terms of like in visuals, yeah, but it, it's a Bertolucci film, so it's just inherently... Like, Andrew, have you, uh, have you seen the uh, 1900 or Novecento? From, no, from Bertolucci no, I, at all? I, 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 this is the first Bertolucci film. I've that seen. you know, you guys, we're all complaining about the Conformist, but that one is literally like it's it's the Conformist, but like four hours long, and it's just <laughs> oh my god, it's it's so much to take in. I I I don't know. That one would be fun to kind of just to do an episode on because that one's really weird and horny as well. But it's it's kind of a nightmare. It's uh, yeah, you guys would like give that an F, I think. Maybe <laughs> may, maybe deservedly so. I don't know. Um sorry, that's a tangent. Forgive no, me. no, no. This is all going in. This is great. <laughs> all right, guys. Closing thoughts. That's a, that's a deep space silence right there. That's just a dead silence right there i was i was waiting for other people to talk yeah only, I get it. Uh, only recommend the watch if you are um intrigued by cinematography or just looking to like you know watch bertolucci's you know what's the word i'm looking for body like, of all work? Of the films he's ever made filmography mm. yeah unless you're looking to you know cover the filmography of some famous uh you know wonderful filmmakers well, he, he, he wasn't the best guy um, in real yeah. life, yeah. Does not surprise me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He really well, uh, as me. applied to the word film, not maker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. That's my okay. closing yeah. thoughts. Gotcha. Andrew. Or no, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett. Give us your closing thoughts, please. Uh, my closing thoughts are... Uh, I... I... I still need to look up the definition for the word fascist because I'm not completely sure what that means. Uh, uh, but, you know, after the movie, I think it gave me a little clearer idea. That Those are my closing thoughts. That's pretty profound. Thank you for sharing. You must Thanks be tired because I think this is the least you've talked on our podcast yeah. <laughs> yet. I am pretty Did tired. Did you work right today? Now. No, I... I, you know that movie just knocked everything out of me. Oh, no. I get it. Yeah, that's how it is. Um, Let's watch Transformers next time. Oh yeah. Oh, that's quality cinema right there. That's quality cinema. Probably a lot of fun facts in those. Oh so, really? Probably, man. Michael Bay is right. an interesting guy. Yeah, one of the Transformers had like testicles. You know, like that's yeah, that's you know, incredible. I, I believe that was Transformers too. Right. Yeah. It's over the like the pyramid or something. Yeah. Wasn't that? Yeah. This is our least mature episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Good lord. All right. Wow.
Um, all right. A- anybody else with closing thoughts or should we wrap it up? I'm closing my thoughts. Okay. Thoughts are closed. Max, um, what do you have to promote? Uh, what do I have to promote? Uh, you know, if, if you, uh, if you want to watch some of my, my cinematography and judge it, you know, um, cause it's probably not as good as Vittorio Storaro's. Um, you can uh, watch some of my projects on YouTube. Uh, the the channel is called Paper Lantern. I oh, know, sorry, it's not paper. It's called McDodgerson. Um, that's where I post <laughs> my work, all of my own intellectual property on on that YouTube channel. So go check it out. Um, what is it, yeah. Dodgerson? <laughs> he's jo- he's joking. Well, oh, the, th- okay. the, th- the uh, thing the thing is is that that's that's Garrett's channel. It's Mcodgerson. Oh, uh, so they're just, they're just... that's a good yeah. Yeah, know, Max could be lying. Yeah. He's done a lot of lying this episode. That's actually kind of true. <laughs> no, it's not true. All right. Uh, Fake news. Garrett, what do you have to promote? I have no things to promote. Oh, wow. Uh, I Maybe uh, the Transformers trilogy, or is it is it four movies? Did he get to four? I think he uh, had like five. Five? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, they make mm-hmm. they make a ton of move, uh, money in China. I guess that makes sense. You make like as much money as possible out of those movies. Well, yeah. okay, it's true. Thanks for promoting that, yeah, for sure. Well, watch uh... Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, so essentially, what you guys are saying is uh, we can't watch movies with subtitles. Is that what you're saying? No, that's not true. Okay, Garrett, was that what you're saying? That's what Garrett was no, saying. No, yeah. I no. made that joke like too many times this episode, and that's I think that's how that stuck. But yeah. subtitles are fine. Okay, good. Uh, you see, with this episode, I was trying to like expand our uh, repertoire of uh, movies. That's good because mainly we were co- covering like Hollywood movies, uh, and like in our previous episodes, and so I just wanted to kind of branch out to foreign cinema. Right. So, and this, I, I this am... is considered a very important film in uh, foreign yeah. cinema. So. Yeah, it's true. Okay. It's true. Listeners, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, feel free to shoot us an email at independentcareerstudios at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please write a review and subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube. We'd love to hear your feedback. Behind the Flicks was created by myself and Ariana. I researched, wrote, and edited this episode. My name is Aaron Gentile. This has been an independent career studios production. <laughs>